Hello, and welcome to the NLP Highlights Podcast, where we talk about interesting recent work in natural language processing. This is Matt Gardner and Walid Ammar. We are research scientists at the Allen Institute for Artificial Intelligence. Today's paper is titled Generalizing to Unseen Entities and Entity Pairs with Rolis Universal Schema. It was published at EACL 2017 and written by Patrick Verga, Arvind Nilakantan, and Andrew McCallum at University of Massachusetts Amherst. This paper addresses one of the limitations in the universal schema approach to relation extraction. We discussed the universal schema approach in episode 11, but the main idea is to construct a matrix with one row for each pair of entities. There are two kinds of columns in this matrix, one columns representing relations in a knowledge base, and second is are columns that represent surface patterns observed in any of the documents where the two entities appear. By factorizing this matrix, we get an embedding for each row and each column, which then we can use to predict whether a particular relation holds between a pair of entities. A limitation of this approach is that it cannot make predictions for entities which have not been seen in training time, and the paper we're discussing today proposes a solution for this problem. So if you remember those models that we talked about in the Universal Schema paper, the original one, they had this entity model which essentially got an embedding for each entity and tried to learn relations just by doing um, dot products essentially between relation vectors and entity vectors. And there was also this entity pair model that had an embedding for each entity pair and an embedding for each relation and tried to learn which relations the entity... Like, you define uh, whether an entity pair participates in a particular relation, uh, uh, rather you parameterize it with a dot product between these two vectors, right? Um, so the entity model already solves this problem, right? Uh, not quite, because the, in the entity model you need to have an embedding for every entity and um, if either entity does, do not exist in the training data, but you're trying to make predictions about them, you will, you will not be able to use the entity model from that paper. Right, I guess, um, yeah, so the entity model helps with entity pairs that you didn't see at, at training time, but still, if you see an unseen entity, you're going to have a hard time. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what do, what do they do to solve this problem? So to address this problem, instead of pre-computing a vector representation for each row, they compute it on the fly. So the, the, you can do this at, at decoding time or at test time, for even for new entity pairs that you haven't seen at training time. So in order to do this, they define uh, a few aggregation functions to aggregate the vectors of observed columns for the new for the row that you're trying to predict for. So they first try using the mean and max functions to aggregate the observed columns to get that the, to get the representation of the row vector. But then point, they point out that this will give the same embedding regardless of which unobserved relation you're trying to predict next. So one way to do this is to find the embedding of an observed column which is most similar to the relation you're trying to predict, and then use the embedding of that column to represent the row. Another way to do this, which seems to work a little bit better, um, is to use soft attention over the observed columns for the current row that you're trying to predict for, and compute a weighted average of the embedding uh, of these columns, and then use it as the row embedding. So this sounds a lot like um, doing feature extraction. So given an entity or an entity pair and a graph or a knowledge-based tensor, 
uh, I find all of the features that I can about that entity and entity pair. Um, it says it's an unseen entity, but if you if you have something that's observed, right, you have some features that you can extract for that entity. Maybe you didn't actually get a training example that had that entity involved in it, and so you don't have a specific vector learned for that entity. But in the tensor, there is a triple that you could have used for training if you'd wanted to, or if you'd um, done things a little bit differently. And so there are features there that you could extract. There's information there that, for instance, the path ranking algorithm, which I worked on, uh, would would leverage. Like there's information there. Otherwise, you're just hosed, right? If if there's nothing in the tensor, uh, in either like the the knowledge base, the formal component, or the surface form component, if there's nothing, you're just you, you just can't predict anything. Absolutely yes, that's right. Uh, I think the focus here is on uh, with the word uh, by unseen. They mean that this entity pair has not been seen as a as an example in training data. But at the same time, they're expecting that the patterns that you observe between the entities will be uh, actually available in the training data. Otherwise, like you said, we wouldn't be able to predict anything. And a, a, an alternative to this, though, is to combine. Um, so instead of having an embedding for every surface pattern, you could also compose a representation using the uh, components of the surface pattern, which is discussed a little bit later in this paper. Um, and also there is previous work that does this. So instead of having a, a, a pre-computed embedding for every column or having parameters associated with every surface pattern, you, you construct it again on the fly. Uh, so using LSTMs, for example. Yeah, so I, if, if your model now says, instead of learning an embedding for an entity, I'm going to extract some features for an entity, maybe using some embedding technique, what I, what I wonder is how is this different from other models that people have done? So the path ranking algorithm will take an entity pair, find paths in the graph that connect the entity pair, use those as features, uh, and then given those features, predict what relationship exists between them. Arvind Neela Kantan, who's, who's an author on this paper, also had a, composition, had a, had a paper called uh, Compositional Vector Space Models for Knowledge-Based Completion. I don't remember if that's, the exact, if that's the exact title, but it was along those lines. And he took the paths that were extracted by the path ranking algorithm and did what you said, like it learned a compositional vector for these. This is like a feature embedding, you could think of it, in, in a nice recurrent or, I don't remember if his, his network was recursive or recurrent, but whatever, uh, some kind of RNN um, that composed uh, vector representations given the, the edges in this graph uh, and then got... Um, a final vector for each feature, and then composed those in another way. Uh, I think he took the max, like the, the most similar um, vector to the vector for the relation he was trying to predict. Uh, and that now sounds very, very similar to what we're talking about here with Rolos Universal Schema. Right. Um, actually, this is one of my disappointments uh, after reading the paper, is that they didn't compare to any previous work which does something related to predicting for unseen entity pairs because there has been previous work and it's discussed in the paper, uh, but there is no direct comparison. Sometimes these uh, ex experiments are hard to conduct because they're like you have to uh, do certain pre-processing for the training set to, uh, so it may be hard, but mm -hmm. I, I still find it, um, um, yeah, it's basically a missed chance to actually quantify the contribution. So the main results highlighted in the paper are. Um, when you, when the entity pairs are observed, the query-specific aggregation functions give the same results as models with an explicit entity pair representation. 
uh, for the universal schema. So that's the baseline that you're comparing to. Um, this is not terribly exciting, but it's uh, it tells us that this alternative way of computing uh, the, uh, or of predicting whether a relation exists uh, is working well or, or working as well as the previous as a baseline. Uh, but the really interesting thing is what happens when the entity pairs are missing from the training set. And that's basically where this method is going to be useful. And uh, of course, the baseline model, which pre-computes embeddings for every entity pair at training time, completely fails to do this task because it doesn't have an embedding, right? So it, it predicts uh, re relations at random. But the proposed method performs a little bit worse than uh, when the entity pairs are observed, but of course, much, much better than uh, the baseline. They also experiment with replacing the column vectors with an LSTM so that we can compute an embedding for new columns that have not been seen at training time. The results show improvements when doing this on top of pre-computed row embeddings. So that's the, the baseline model for universal schema, but not when computing the row embeddings on the fly using these aggregation functions we talked about. So it seems like we've talked about a, a bunch of work on entity linking, uh, knowledge-based completion, some knowledge-based kinds of things. You've been presenting a bunch of papers uh, on this topic. Uh, what high-level takeaways do you have? Like, what um, has this informed your research direction? What do you What are you going to do? Uh, I feel like I'm still uh, learning about this area. It's relatively, uh, I'm relatively new to this space. Uh, so I, I feel like there is still uh, a few other directions that I'm, I need to learn about, including work by written by you. So <laughs> I, I don't know. My work it was some of the early work in this area and has been since, since been superseded. So I, I don't know how relevant it is anymore. Right, but uh, the point is, I, I don't think uh, I'm ready to make uh, a summary of, of this space just yet, maybe in a few episodes. Okay. Cool. Okay, thanks, Walid, for telling us about that paper. Next time, we will have our second interview. We'll be talking with Tim Rocktoshel at the University of Oxford about his recent paper titled End-to-End -End Differentiable Proving.